This is Life Between Classes, where we talk about what's going on in your life and in your mind between classes. Hello. Coming to you today from my kitchen table. I am not in my recording closet because my cat, Sergio, has taken up residence there. (laughs) He loves like really luxurious blankets and bedding. And I had put a comforter in there, the kind of like winter comforter that's not in use right now. I had in that closet to give like extra cushiony material, which is supposedly good for recording acoustics. And of course, Sergio discovered it. And now he is nestled all in that comforter in such an adorable way that I just could not bring myself to move him. So I'm at my kitchen table and I'm literally, as I speak, I'm fending off my other cat, (laughs) Zizu, (laughs) who is very interested in what's going on here. So um, things are getting exciting. But anyway, I just wanted to check in and and give a little intro here to this portion of the conversation. Uh, As you know, it's our second part of the conversation with M and Pri. The first part was posted last week, and if you haven't listened to that yet, you may want to give it a listen, but you don't have to. This kind of dives into a a different topic. Today, we're going to be talking about professors and professor-student dynamics, So they have a lot of good points to share. And as you could tell from the title, sort of a general theme that came up throughout is this idea that people are people. And seeing professors and students as, you know, more more like equals and, and just people, when you look at your professor, see them for the person that they are beyond the costume that we often wear or like the role that we play as professor and then it goes the same way with students remembering that each student is a person with their own story and um and i love this idea that's expressed in a quote that i i learned in spanish and i'm sure there's something similar in english um but the quote is cada persona es un mundo So that would translate to each person is a world, like each person is a world in and of themselves, speaking to the layers and the depth of individuals. So anyway, that's sort of um, what you'll hear throughout this conversation. And yeah, I hope you enjoy. Okay, we're recording again. (laughs) I had to take a quick break, Um, but we're back. And now we are going to talk a little bit about professors. (laughs) Um, So the the part of the mission behind this podcast, which I know both of you kind of know, um, is like to sort of help, I guess, bridge the gap and sort of open the lines of communication and, and increase understanding between professors and students. So that's why I wanna start this part of the conversation with what I wish my professors knew and kind of hear a little bit from you guys um, about that. So we'll start off with a question. In what ways do you think professors and students sometimes misunderstand each other? Do you think there is sometimes a a disconnect or misunderstanding between professors and students? Yeah, so I guess I can start on that. I think that the biggest gap, always at least for me in terms of my experiences, being a witness and being misunderstood at times is the fact that all students are different and that all professors are different. And sometimes 
there's a misalignment between the two. So that's kind of where the misunderstanding can stem from. And maybe sometimes we forget that and we kind of look from the professor's standpoint, we, it's easy to look at all students as being the same and kind of forgetting that there are the individual like learner differences and just personality differences. And that may be happening on both sides is what you're saying, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. What do you think, Em? I agree with all of that. I think also like more generally speaking, a lot of the professors that I've had are you know, relatively older and they haven't been in school closer to when I've been in it and times have changed and you know things are a lot different, the culture's different. Mm-hmm. So I think like in terms of just relatability and understanding, okay, maybe my students are having a harder time because of X, Y, and Z, but I can't relate to that because I didn't have social media or I didn't have the internet or like certain things that have shifted maybe cause a little bit of just miscommunication and a lack of understanding between the two. But Mm -hmm. I think if you work with each other and you have open communication, it can be avoided and overcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Relatability is is a big piece of that. Uh, Other than what you've already mentioned, what assumptions have you seen professors make that may be inaccurate or unfair? I think a big one for me, Pri's probably going to laugh at this because I, I would complain about this all the time, but when I would have classes with professors who made participation mandatory and you got a significant grade for it, that was something that I really struggled with because like there are certain classes that I absolutely like want to participate in and I want my voice to be heard and I have things that I want to say and share, but sometimes when you put the pressure on students, like you have to share, like your grade's going to suffer if you don't share, I feel like it shifts the the room's atmosphere. Like mm-hmm. people don't speak because they have something that they need to say. They just speak to fill the space. <laughs> and I feel like that's not what the classroom's for. That's not what conversation is about. Like you should be very genuine in your responses. So sometimes it can have like the backwards effect. Like, of course you want participation. Of course we want the ongoing conversation, but like sometimes active listening is just as important as actively speaking. Like students absorb information differently and they engage differently. And I think there's a lot of like judgment from certain professors who oh, if you didn't speak up, you didn't raise your hand, you weren't paying attention. And I don't think that's the case at all. Mm, to an extent, that can be a personality thing. I mean, yeah, absolutely. some people are just by nature less talkative. And it doesn't mean that they're not engaged. It doesn't mean they're not listening. They yeah. just don't voice every thought that comes to mind. And I think in life, that's perfectly fair. But then when we have this you know, artificial classroom environment that, that tries to force participation, it can become a problem. And, and like you said, it can detract from the authenticity of the conversations that happen. Yeah. Every person is going to be different to that. Not everybody's going to be as extroverted or introverted. So that definitely can be a challenge and something I do believe can be overcome, but it's kind of like you have to find the right balance without also detracting from the authenticity. Yeah. And just professors need to be mindful of this. And, and I think most, most professors are, but 
Um, but I, I mean, it's easy to get caught in that trap of just making the assumption that if someone, if a student isn't speaking out more, that they're, that they're not interested. And I have definitely made that assumption. You know, I have students that I can think of that sat in the back of the classroom and, and didn't seem to be paying attention a lot. And I just assumed that they were bored. They hated me. They hated the course, you know, <laughs> and, um, and come to find out a lot of times at the end of the semester, I'll discover, or, you know, they'll, they'll eventually tell me like, oh no, I loved your class. It's just a personality thing. Yeah. And it, again, it just goes back to the fact that, like you said, pre starting off is all students are different. Right. Um, what, what else? Any other assumptions come to mind? Anything that, that has happened, things that professors have assumed? Yeah, I think shifting gears a little bit, you know, I come from a very different background, uh, religiously and also just ethnically, compared to majority of my peers and faculty. And time to time, it wouldn't be like an explicit assumption, but it would kind of be embedded at times in classes where they would just assume, like professors, that because I was the only one in the classroom, you know, being an Indian, being a Hindu, that I might just know all of the assumptions that are being said to the greater majority. And if I didn't, I think I myself broke that gap and didn't, you know, pride on that further by just going up to them and just being genuine and honest and just being like, you know, to be completely honest with you, I had, I really don't know what you meant when you said such and such to this group when you were teaching this concept. Um, I'd love to just like learn a little bit about this. Like, when are your office hours? Even if it's yeah. something so small like that, rather than just letting them sit with the assumption because they might not know that. And mm -hmm. I think that was one of the most special things about the environment I had at Loyola was that it was very welcoming that way as well. Mm -hmm. So it never felt like something endangering. Yeah. Props to you for, for approaching that, you know, and, and recognizing that your professors who, who did that, who made those assumptions probably didn't even realize it, you know, like I could have definitely been doing that at times and I might have, have had no idea. And I do count on students to be transparent with me and, and to be genuine and let me know if there's something that I'm doing that's offending them. Um, but I recognize that that takes courage and also um, tact, right? Like diplomatic approach to that. So the way that you phrased it by forming it into a question and asking like, can I come to your office hours and like learn more about that? That I think is such a, a, a great way to go about it. I think the takeaway from, you know, that little example that I shared is really that I think I embraced the courage with that just because I appreciated when professors you know, admitted to the class that even though they are professors, they're also learners at heart and they're also learning. And I think the misalignment with other professors were oftentimes the ones who assumed that they knew everything that they were delivering. And when they made a mess up, it wasn't like their fault, even though it was an accidental fault. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the more that you embrace that we're all learners at heart, mm -hmm. um, it helps bridge that gap with different styles and personalities in the classroom and out. Yes embracing i'm making notes here sorry em what were you gonna say I was, that's a great point yeah and what i heard from that is embracing vulnerability the, the professor and becoming vulnerable and saying like hey i'm still learning too and and i'm counting on you guys to teach me in addition to me teaching you like it goes both ways mm -hmm. um so they put themselves you know in a in a 
lower position, like below you, rather than just, you know, asserting themselves as the all-knowing professor who is above you and going to hand you the knowledge. So that opened up um, a space, a safe space for you to be able to approach them like you, like you did, rather than getting defensive and being offended by a comment, right? Because that would have been the less mature reaction is, oh, I'm so offended. This professor said this and they assumed that. And then, you know, going and talking behind their back and spreading rumors about them. Like, right. <laughs> that, that wouldn't have made any progress. That would have just, the problem would have continued and you would have continued to be hurt and offended by it, but you chose a different path. That's awesome. What do you wish your professors in general did more of or what do you wish they did less of? I think paying back off of what Pre just said is like that vulnerability and just them celebrating their mis- like the mistakes that we all make and mm-hmm. recognizing that it's not just a student thing it's a professor thing and it's, it's a, a life <laughs> yeah it's everywhere like well, humans we all do it. <laughs> like, yeah we all make mistakes yeah. no matter and i think like some of the greatest professors i've had are the ones who embrace that and encourage that like let's continue to try this and if we mess up it's fine let's do it again Mm-hmm. So, and you were one of those professors that did that all the time. So, viva el error. Yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah, for sure. We're in this together. We're human. Yeah. Let's learn from it. <laughs> let's keep going and let's keep trying. Yeah, and often you learn more from that than you would if you got it right on the first try. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think those lessons with that really did teach me, at least as an individual in college, during those moments of transition, like, the ideas and lessons with self-worth, with grades, with accomplishments, like Mm -hmm. embracing the mistakes will help you just be so much better Mm -hmm. rather than just the A plus or, you know, moments where you're applauded on. I think that those little victories where you realize, okay, I made a mistake, like how do I go about it to improve and see a growth from that point on? That's That's the biggest like success, at least for me, before, during, and after college. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think that's evidence that you're doing it right. (laughs) You know, like if if you're getting A pluses on everything, then it's like, well, why are you here? Why are we, why are we wasting our time? (laughs) I know that's like an, like that's absolute perfection, which we all strive for, I think, but we also have to embrace our little failures along the way. Yeah. As part of that says, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're probably in the wrong room. Oh, love that. Oh, so good. So good. Um, what else? What, what do you think, or what do you wish they did less of? Does anything come to mind for that? I think one thing actually that comes to mind is, um, so I recently just, um, watched Michelle Obama's Becoming documentary. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting because she talks about a lot of things regarding her experiences. And it really reminded me a lot of your podcast, especially because there's one scene where she talks a lot about, with a group of students, um, you know, at a high school, where she talks about how do you become more of your story versus a stat, and kind of trying to find the difference between growing out of a stat, because on the surface to these professors, you're a student, and the deliverable is a grade, and you kind of want to break out of that number, as important as those numbers are, so kind of transforming the story from that stat, I think is something really important that I learned from that, you know, documentary and something that I can definitely see and wish that professors did less of. Uh-huh. L- less of viewing students as, as a number. Is that what yes, you're exactly. 
I think also like viewing class in general as less of a transaction. Like mm -hmm. your professor delivers you information, delivers you grades and you reciprocate like the work that you've done. But like the great professors are the ones who go beyond just that minimal transaction. Like let's have a conversation. Let's get to know each other outside of the classroom. Like mm -hmm. tell me about your life. Tell me about things that are going on in between classes and let's go from there and let's build a relationship off of that. And like, I think that goes both ways. Like if they're engaged in your life and you're actively participating and asking them about theirs, like that relationship, that mutual respect and trust grows. And then inevitably you do better in their class because there's a relationship and there's real humility in it instead of just, Oh, you're a student that I had. Yeah. But, it adds more meaning. Absolutely. It's more than, I love the use of the word transaction. It's more than just a transaction, an exchange of goods and services. It's, it's about relationships. Yeah. I mean, having just graduated, like I FaceTime some of my professors all the time. They send me pictures of their grandbabies and their grand dogs and like ask me about their work. They seek advice. Like it's much more than just a student teacher relationship. It's a I respect you. We're friends. Let's continue to build this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in closing, actually something that, you know, M often would tell me throughout college in my moments of getting nervous throughout these classes and looking at it beyond then just a transaction, it's that people are just people. They shouldn't make you nervous. And mm -hmm. I think that's actually something I whispered myself before going into an interview or going into a test. Like that has got that phrase alone has gotten me through so much um, with transitions and with moments. Uh, between classes out of school um, and just in general and I think that's so relevant to so many things that you go through in life. Yeah. I think I remember telling Holly that too when she was going to her trip to speak. <laughs> yes. Don't worry. Spoken Ecuador. Oh my gosh you sent me an email and it was just so helpful for me. <laughs> So I didn't know anything I was saying, but I'm glad it sounded well. It, it worked. It did the trick. Yeah. It, it, it put me more at ease because yeah, I mean, who doesn't get intimidated from time to time and nervous? We just have to remind ourselves that people are just people. Professors are just people. Exactly. <laughs> and students are people. Like they have lives. They have um, challenges. They have interests beyond just what's happening in that course. And, and I, I'm all about seeing the whole picture and, you know, seeing and, and, and being interested in the whole story of, of the yeah. person who is sitting in my classroom. Um, yeah. so it's my, so cool when it goes My beyond. dad this morning, he said, people are all just books just waiting to be read. They want to be read. So ask them about their stories. Yeah. Amen. Love that. So, so true. Um, imagine you had all the professors you've ever had sitting here in front of you. <laughs> what would you say to them as a group? It's a tough it's, one. That's so hard for me. I wouldn't know where to begin. I, I and know. Maybe, maybe it's a trick question. Maybe what we've been saying is like everyone's an individual, you know, everyone is, is a unique person maybe that's an unfair question. There's probably something different that you want to say to each one of them, right? Yeah, I would say at least if there's one thing that I would say to all of them that would be like incorporating of them as a group is just embrace like the fact that you're all different 
and try to foster as much inclusion in, uh, mm -hmm. with the students. Yeah. Good point. I, it's hard. I mean, <clears throat> like, I think we've had this conversation before, like how bittersweet it is that, you know, words can't always do it justice. But I feel like if I had them all together at once, I would just be so overwhelmed by how much they helped me and how much they grew me. And I'm a firm believer that everyone you meet is a teacher, regardless of if that's their title or not. So, so many lessons that I've learned just about life came from them. Like, yeah, they taught me content and that was great, but they taught me how to be a better person, which is something that I'll never forget. So I think if they were sitting here, I'd probably be at a loss for words because I don't know how to, I don't know how to fathom <laughs> that into a sentence, but yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Sometimes words fall short. Yeah. All right. Um, so as we wrap this up, I want to do a lightning round with you guys. <laughs> oh boy. It's like a rapid fire questions and you're just going to answer like whatever comes to your mind first. I hope I don't cuss or something. <laughs> if, you, if you do, I we'll just say, I, I highly doubt you will, but <laughs> if you do, we'll just like bleep it out. <laughs> All right, um, and whoever like has something first can just blurt it out, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right, first one. Favorite memory from college? Abroad. Mascotting. Ooh. Ooh, mascotting. That was abroad. <laughs> and yours was abroad, and Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, favorite memory from my class? <laughs> when you came in that one day after you fell. <laughs> And you had cuts and band-aids all over you. And we literally thought you were attacked by like a wild animal or Craig had beat you up or something because <laughs> you, you literally were covered. You, just, you walked in and you're like, so, you didn't say anything at first. You were like, so, I know you all are wondering. And I tripped on my run this morning. <laughs> True story. Honestly gets you through. But it was so like real it was so genuine because I'm like oh my god how many times do I trip and fall like that's yeah I feel that talking about showing my humanness yes. <laughs> literally uh yeah that is a true story for all the listeners who may not believe me uh it happened and the funnier part to that <laughs> is the reason I fell on my run and it was I was running at like I don't know five in the morning or five thirty, some crazy hour um and the reason I tripped and fell was because I saw the full moon and it just totally captured my attention. And I was already like just finishing my run in full sprint, but I was looking up at the moon and it was uneven sidewalk below my feet. So I yep. ate it. <laughs> it's all right. But I still came to class. You did. <laughs> Dedication. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of my most memorable moments. <laughs> so funny. That's okay. a that's one I never witnessed. I think been from my class. No, yeah, you're right. Because it was, um, <laughs> I guess, it was fall semester. Yeah. Yeah, because we taught in spring. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what about you, Pre? Does anything come to mind, like from from your my class with you? Yeah. So the first word that came to mind, and I think you already know it, um, was animate, ah, which was from Spanish uh, with you, where we kind of just, you came in the class, I think it was the end of the semester. And instead of kind of talking about the stress of like the final and just kind of like 
where all of our mindset was at that point in the semester. You just came in and you told us, all right, so this is what anymore means. Um, this is my favorite, you know, verb. It's all about excitement and kind of giving it your all during moments of defeat, like the last stretch of a marathon, that 110% sprint. And you had us all pass along our favorite song that makes us feel animate. Um, and I think you do have, may have shared that playlist with me, but it's yeah, yeah. so inspiring. And I just remember like, just feeling like I wish there was so much more of that in so many more of my other classes. Mm. Yeah. That was a I fun still day. remember every single person who sat in the classes that I had with Holly. I remember where every single person sat and that's Same. those classes are the only classes I remember that. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Love that. That just brings me so much joy. <laughs> So much. I love that. I love when my students bond with each other. There's nothing better than that. So good times. Oh, I miss that. Um, okay. <laughs> Next one. Wild dream for your future. Oh, I think I got one. <laughs> What's yours? I want to travel to like every single spot in Spain and do it within like a few months. And just kind of like learn more about the culture and just do that because I remember that being such an enlightening spot for me when I went abroad and I want to go back um, and just kind of tap back into that. I don't know if that's necessarily wild, but more like bucket list. I'll take it. I'll take it. Love it. Yeah. What about you, Emily? I'd like to go to the moon, maybe. <laughs> that's wild. That's like, yes! Yeah. But if that doesn't work out, I'd be okay with just being a wife and a mom. I want to do that. So. Hey. And that is a perfect way. Maybe I'll do both. Yeah. <laughs> go to the moon with your family. Yeah, exactly. There you go. But how Fine. cool would it be to just watch the earth rotate so peacefully below us? Like, I would love that. Best and worst part about quarantine for you? Oh, these are hard questions. Um, <laughs> maybe there is no best part. Okay, so the worst would be I don't get to see people in person. And then best is kind of like, in a way, this could also be because I graduated. I feel like my career goals, even though I might not have everything perfectly mapped out, have become so much more crystal clear for me mm -hmm. um, during this time because I've had to kind of just sit with my thoughts and kind of figure it out. Yeah. For the first time in a time for really long time, forever. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. How about you? I would say similar to that is like, the best part is just kind of being able to embrace this like rest period. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like we're all so used to just moving all the time and doing things and being productive and all of that. And it's just, it's kind of nice to just sit with where I am right now and just embrace that moment. Yeah. Um, being rather than doing constantly. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And then I think the worst part is like what Pri's saying, not being able to see your friends in person and do things that, you know, maybe you took for granted before, um, but like all things, it won't last forever. So just got to keep everyone safe, stay home, wear masks, wash your hands. <laughs> yep, <laughs> for sure. Okay, and last one. First place you'll travel outside the U.S. once you are able. Norway. Norway. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to Norway so bad. I do too, actually. Do you want to plan a trip? You should come yeah. back to me. With, come back to when, me. But yeah. <laughs> I had all this like Scandinavian kick uh, last yeah. fall. And uh, yeah. I really want to go there at Christmas time and see like reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> and the Northern Lights. Magical. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Pri? I would want to go to Greece and skydive. 
Skydiving. I've almost heard about the rush that's felt, um, and people often describe it as when you're falling, things happen quick, but in skydiving, you're falling for a long duration, that that panic almost goes away, and you just, like, look at what's below you, and I think it's almost like looking at Earth from afar, like you're looking at everything below you from afar, and I think that's equally something really cool. Awesome. Cool. I can see you doing that before long. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> awesome. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so, so much, you guys. This has been so much fun. And um, I'm sure our listeners who have been silently part of this conversation also enjoyed it and enjoyed all of the wisdom and insight that you had to offer them. So thanks just for taking the time to, to share that with us. Thank you. Thank you. It's been an honor and just yeah. so excited we had this chance. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking us. Of course. And hey, maybe we'll do it again sometime. Who knows? <laughs> if you'll have us. Yes, definitely if you'll have us. Anytime. All right. Signing off. So I hope that you enjoyed that conversation and got something out of it maybe. Um, or maybe you could just relate to it as a student or as a professor. And I've just got to share something funny with you guys. This is so random, but it was, it was in my head the entire time as we were, you know, going on this topic of like people are people. And it's a clip from this comedy show that you've probably never heard of. It's called Flight of the Concords. And it's um, about these two guys from New Zealand who um, come to New York City uh, to, like, make a life for themselves. Anyway, it's just, like, so completely ridiculous. And it's sort of like a musical. There are songs from it, too. Um, and they're also hilarious and quite brilliant. So I'm just going to play this one little clip from it, and you'll see why. I'm a person. Brent's a person. Yep. You're a person. That person over there is a person. And each person deserves to be treated like a person. <laughs> so let's just remember that at our core, we are all human beings. And yes, while we're all different, we all have our own story. Um, at the end of the day, I think that we all just want to be loved and accepted for who we are. Right? And um, I think there's a beautiful opportunity to do that in the form of a student-professor relationship. So I think that's pretty cool. And I just love those girls so, so much. Don't worry, I gush to them all the time. They know how much I love them. <laughs> and, um, and they're definitely a, a big reason why this podcast is even um, in existence because, you know, they've, they've encouraged me uh, just as much as I have encouraged them on their journeys. So I will leave you with that and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, rest of your week or a great weekend if you're listening to this on a Friday when it comes out. Cheers. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us for Life Between Classes, where we know that there's more going on than meets the eye.